Good morning, welcome online this morning. I hope you are well. And uh, this is a, a week for us as OCC where we gather in various different locations and in different ways. Obviously we're gathering online this morning and then this afternoon we gather in our gospel communities. And so it's a really exciting Sunday. And I just wanna just remind you as you gather that you're gathering with others in different spaces and places that love Jesus and seeking to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So we just pray for those of you gathering this morning online that this will be a blessing. This will spur you on in your faith to live as disciples of Jesus where he's placed you. And so uh, this morning, really excited that Ian is going to be having a conversation with some some people that he's been mentoring for the last uh, year or so around discipleship. They're going to have a conversation around encounters with Jesus. So I really hope that encourages you this morning. But just before we uh, worship with a song and let that wash over us and engage with that, I've just been reading John 17 quite a bit recently. It's where Jesus prays and it's called the, the high priestly prayer of Jesus. And a number of things that I could draw out, but just something that struck me today was verse 24 of John 17. It says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. I was just so encouraged by that. Jesus prayed that his, his followers, his disciples would be with him. I want to encourage you today. Say, no matter how wanted you feel, the Father longs for you. He desires you. His mind is filled with you. What is man that you are mindful of him? It's a phrase that's just been really consuming my thoughts, that God's mind is full of us. And it's just so encouraging. I just want to encourage you this morning to say, whether you feel like God is for you or not, whether you feel like he's near or not, he's desiring of you. He's passionate about you. He wants you to know his love for, that he has for you. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Uh, whether you are engaging online and this is how you connect with us as a church community, whether you're part of gospel communities again this afternoon, uh, whether you're on your own with friends uh, or going for a walk, whatever it is you're doing. I just want you to know that right now the Father's face is towards you. It shines upon you and he's, he's calling you his beloved. That I am my beloved and he is mine. For those of you that remember that, that song written uh, a number of years ago, that his banner over us is love. And so I just want to encourage you today, encourage you to know that he thinks of you as his treasured possession and that Jesus longs to be with you. So be encouraged this morning as we just let this song of worship, whether you're able to sing and engage with singing or whether you just want to let the words wash over you. Just know that this morning, that the father's heart is towards you and he stands with open arms, waiting, longing to be with you. So just be encouraged this morning as we worship together. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God.
CC, it's. Uh, I thought what I'd do is bring you into my world a little bit because um, you'll know that I, um, I work for Elam Missions and I'm an Elam minister, and uh, and over the last twelve months or so, I've had the joy of journeying with my friends on the screen here, uh, Naomi, Isaac, and Jordan, just exploring discipleship and leadership and what it is that Jesus has called us to do. And so I thought it'd be really fun to introduce you to them and uh, and for them to just explain their favourite encounter with Jesus in the Gospels and why that's significant. So we're going to have a bit of a conversation uh, this morning and we're going to we're going to hopefully have some fun as we dive into the Gospels and, and, and listen and learn from one another. Uh, so Naomi, we're going to start with you this morning. Do you want to maybe just introduce yourself? Where, where are you based and what are you doing? And then just tell us uh, or read actually your favorite encounter from the gospels yeah so uh, like Ian said I'm Naomi I am the children's pastor uh, at another Elam church and that Elam church is City Church Swansea so it's an Elam church in Swansea um, and I've been here for about four and a half years um, and yeah that's what I do so my favorite um, encounter with Jesus in the Gospels is the woman at the well um, and that's in John chapter 4 so I'm going to read that it's John chapter 4 uh, verse 1 to 26 so this is what it says uh, oh and I'm reading in the NIV um, now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized but his disciples so he left Judea and went back uh, once more to Galilee now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, uh, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to, the, to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and, uh, and drank from it himself? as did also his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, 
sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to uh, keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place, uh, the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the, the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the fathers seek. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus declared, I, the one you speak, the one speaking to you, I am he. So yeah, that's my favorite passage. That's really cool. Uh, it'd be good to hear what about that, and um, Naomi, stands out for you in terms of that encounter that the woman at the well has with Jesus? Yeah, I think there's so much that this passage, like, um, has that, you know, we could unpack. I think one of the first things, like, right at the beginning um, of it um, is where, and I, it only just dawned on me, actually, that it was a really private moment between Jesus and this woman. It was so intimate in that Jesus had sent away there might have been other people there but in terms of people that you know they knew Jesus had sent away or Jesus had uh the disciples had gone gone away and so it was just Jesus and this woman um and you know at the time obviously she didn't know it but I just imagine kind of this process of her going from not knowing to to knowing who Jesus is and and then recognizing wow I've just had like um a one-to-one with the Messiah, the Christ, the one that the Jews have, have talked about and have been waiting for so long. And I think, I don't know, it's just, I, I try to put myself in the story. And so just imagine being face-to-face with Jesus um, on my own. Um, I don't know, it's just very exciting and very personal, you know? I think we yeah. all can talk about personal experiences that we've had with God. Um, and I live for, I, I love this kind of like private, nobody kind of knows what's going on moments with Jesus. And that's what it was for her. Um, I think as well, like this whole story kind of reveals Jesus's um, compassion um, and in the grace that he shows her, um, but also the kind of um, challenge and, and conviction, you know, he he's not, Jesus is someone who does sort of that compassion and that, correction so well like in tandem you know so he's he's able to speak the truth he's able to to um challenge um but he's also able to um you know like speak love and encourage and and yeah I don't know that's it's just really yeah great um yeah it is isn't it because you've drawn you've drawn out there that the the two um, two really important things about the gr- the grace and the love of Jesus and the truth of Jesus and, and I mean imagine, what what would have been what would what would have happened to that woman you know if, it, if Jesus had just been all grace 
you know not spoken any truth what would have what would the story have worked worked out as um what if what if you just told truth mm-hmm. I, I don't know whether you can put yourself like you, you said earlier about putting yourself in the story can you if you put yourself in the story there and jesus is just speaking truth to you how would you feel like, i think you'd feel naked and exposed mm-hmm. like this man knows everything about me but if there's no love communicated in that you just feel if anything the shame of it it's like if Jesus just came out and said yeah you're you're right actually you don't have one husband you've had five or however many you know it says I think that's like oh okay all right wow how do you know this about me but it's not been coupled with his love and I think yeah it's it's I think if anything she probably would have left that encounter maybe not believing that he was the messiah or believing that maybe he was um but that the messiah wasn't innately good and actually he he was there to like to judge and and only that so um I think so if it was that if it was that way if it was just truth I think she would have been yeah naked and and felt ashamed but then I guess on the other side if it was just love um well love as in like you know the compassionate side of things um I don't know she would have left um maybe feeling encouraged but then again maybe not having that because I think it's supernatural when Jesus is able to tell you things about yourself um or anyone is is able to tell you things about yourself that they shouldn't know that's a supernatural moment and so I think if it was only like the 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 compassionate side without the truth then she might have left going well that was a really nice man or maybe wouldn't have had a fuller understanding of what that you know when Jesus talks about living water what that actually means I think Mm. yeah she it wouldn't have been as transformative um, as it was for her if he was just nice. Um, And I think that's challenging because it's then, you know, for me, I think, well, everyone, I'm not someone who enjoys confrontation. And so if I'm always, if I always choose the route of like nice when it comes to conversation or even receiving like niceness from people, I might feel good in the moment, but if I'm never challenged, I'm never gonna grow and I'm never gonna um, look more and more like, you know, Jesus wants me to look. So, um, so yeah, I think it would have been interesting if it was one or the other. Um, yeah. but I'm grateful that it, and he sets a really good example, doesn't he, in the in the grace and the truth, or in the you know the compassion and the um, correction. Yeah, mm. it's great, Isaac. Yeah, no, I was just going to jump in on that, which was like the idea that she said. Um, she says, "I perceive that you're a prophet." Um, because he's speaking some truth, he's speaking some stuff that maybe he shouldn't know about. <laughs> yeah. And um, he didn't just leave it there, which was a good thing. Um, but actually, she she recognized or she came to recognize that um, Jesus is the Son of God. And so that was so good because um, an encounter sometimes um, people could feel like they're coming into a setting where they're going to be judged, where they're going to be the fingers being pointed at them. And yeah, there'll be an element of truth, but without grace, you know, are we really showing people Jesus? Are they really encountering Jesus? So yeah, I love that encounter. Yeah, yeah it's good. I think the um, what the way you put it, well, welcome Jordan back. I think he must have been having some problems with uh, with connection. So welcome <laughs> back, Jordan. Um, hopefully your Wi-Fi is a bit more stable. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. The, so the tr- the truth and um, 
and, and love, the truth and grace, those two things that Jesus holds in perfect tension and they're not in competition. Um, but I, I wonder what, I sometimes think of that, like the, the love um, and compassion of Jesus is like, is the invitation of Jesus to, to encounter him and his uh, relational, like loving, compassionate nature, which is, which is true. And then you've got the, the truth element of Jesus which name is drawn out um, where it's the it's the challenge but if you just have the challenge then I think that the lady would have she would have left really depressed like really downcast because well he just told me everything I've got and, and then nowhere to go yet he offered the, the the love and compassion and grace um, and and together it's a really powerful combination isn't it um, yeah where that that invitation and challenge working in good perfect balance i mean we could we could have read on this in the story couldn't we naomi and uh, found out what she went on to do and yeah uh, <laughs> which, uh, you know we, we we don't have time for today but is there anything else from this encounter that really uh, sort of gr- grabs you that you that you've seen um i'm just trying to look through the past yeah um oh, it appears think, like what well, oh jordan's gone jordan's again. gone again yeah yeah <laughs> i think one thing about jesus or sometimes like when people have encounters with jesus they jesus doesn't always spell everything out like plain he kind of gives us something to go and think about and, and kind of unpack and he doesn't always just make it like clear and not because he you know for a bad reason um but I think just to, to to make us think and I like that that that's the case here you know what did Jesus mean by living water I'm, I'm pretty sure like that woman wouldn't have heard that and been like oh yeah of course do you know what I mean I think I like that that she has to to kind of and even me now like there's certain times where like I read passages in scripture I'm like okay that's clearly a metaphor for something but at first glance I don't know really what it is um and I think that's almost it, it kind of shows his heart towards us because I think like I remember when um I was younger I used to ask my mum how to spell words all the time and she would never tell me she'd say sound it out sound it out how do you think you spell it And then afterwards, we'll get to the point where I know how to spell it. And I'm like, mom, why didn't you just tell me? Why didn't you just tell me how to spell it? She was like, because if I told you, you would have forgotten. But because you you got to work it out for yourself, um, you're never going to forget how to spell it now. And I think that's kind of what Jesus does sometimes. It's that if if, if we have opportunity to figure out for ourselves what he's saying, it it kind of sinks deeper. And I think that's kind of that living water moment um, would have been, maybe not for her, but I'm very simple minded. I would have been like, what? What does he mean yeah. by living water? You know. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I love that about that passage as well. Mm. That's good. I, yeah, it's it's that. I mean, I think she did misunderstand, didn't she? Because like she goes, oh, tell me where it is, and I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. never, yeah. never get back to you know come back here again. Um, and I think one of the things is you is you sort of sharing this, um, and we read through it, is that Jesus. Jesus is painting this picture in these words that he is everything that she's wanted and needs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the history of all the husbands, 
you kind of go, what, what, what was she searching for in that moment? I mean, were, were they all bad? Was it just, uh, you know, was, was what happened in those relationships? Was she, was she trying to, was, was she trying to search for something in, in those that um, she, she could never really find? Um, and I love, I love the fact that Jesus doesn't condemn her. Mm. Just points out this is fact, you know. Yeah. It's like not accusing. This is just the reality of your life, um, and and then this. Well, all the things that you really felt like you want or need, I I am those things. Yeah. And it's like how often do we search for for living water? You know, like it draw it. it, it it draws us in, doesn't it? Like living water. What is that? What does it mean? What does it look like? What is yeah. the experience of that? Because um, it's it's got to be life giving. If it's a lie, you know. And so Jesus, Jesus being the one who satisfies the deepest longings of our hearts and our soul, the one who is is just eternal, never ending. You know. Like I, so I've got a bottle of water. I did have a bottle of water here, you know, and it's to the end. I'm going to have to fill it up again. And the fact is that Jesus' apply will never, never runs dry. Mm. Um, it's an amazing encounter. I, I, we could stay here for yeah. a long time. Um, but Isaac, um, I, I, let's turn to, to your favourite. Um, yeah, your favorite yeah, sure. Answer. I think just to explain, Jordan's Wi-Fi is, um, is completely given up on him, so I don't think he's going to be back on the call with us today. Bless him. Which is a shame, because it would have been great to hear um, from him as well. So, Isaac, just explain a little bit about where, where you're serving, what you Yeah, doing, sure. Um, yeah. So, I'm Isaac. Um, I'm based in Birmingham, the south of Birmingham, um, in Selly Oak. So, I'm at Elam Church there, and we're called Encounter Church. And I serve on a staff team, so I am student pastor uh, and assistant pastor as well there. So, yeah, it's, I've been there for about uh, six years, so, and went came on to staff uh, about two years ago, so just before the pandemic. Uh, which was just that whole crazy thing, but hey, uh. <laughs> um, yeah. So for me, I'm my encounter is found in Luke 19, 1 to 10, and it's a story of Zacchaeus. Um, growing up in church in a Sunday school, I've got these song, songs in my mind. Um, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, you should sing it to us, Isaac. I yeah. <laughs> I won't sing the whole song, but I'll just sing the first line. Zacchaeus was a very little man, and a very little man was he. I'll leave it there. <laughs> but I'm going to read from uh, Luke 19, 1 to 10, and I'll read. Cool. So, Luke 19, 1, start. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to the, the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, 
today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost oh it's so good I've got chills um so yeah Isaac how is you know this passage why is this your favorite what is it that like stands out to you um and kind of I don't know challenges you or just makes you think yeah definitely like um so first of all like the idea of um the this tax collector so they weren't people who were liked in actual fact they were people who were hired by the romans to take taxes off the the local people um and so you can see how they would be hated um not only did they take tax for um the romans but they took their own little cut from it as well so they were despised by people and um for me what stands out is how jesus sees him amongst the crowd there was loads of people around him other people in the trees I imagine but he saw Zacchaeus amongst the crowd uh, and spotted him out and said I'm coming to your house for tea um, and for Jesus he showed that there was no barrier to wh wherever whatever status he was in life um, most hated most vilified or most loved he was there for, for Zacchaeus um, and Zacchaeus's encounter with Jesus um, create a change in him as well so when Jesus came to his house for tea um he says look Lord here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor and if I've cheated anybody out of anything I'll pay it back four times the amount so not even I'll just give them the money back it's like I'll pay them back four times the amount and it's this sense of like when we encounter Jesus the change that he starts in us and the change that he um brings to us um you know, we're doing some stuff that we've probably seen doing before, but also going above and beyond. Mm. Um, and, and then Jesus sort of ends it by saying that um, salvation has come to this house. Um, and that's what Jesus is. Jesus is our salvation when Jesus comes um, and we encounter him. Um, our whole lives are changed around, you know, and our perspectives are changed. And mm. we're now following him. And what, it, what does it look like to follow Jesus is, it's still a begging question that um, I know that we all kind of grapple with and well, you know, yeah, anyway. But yeah. But, so I mean, well, maybe we could go there. And well, what does it look like to follow Jesus? What how so in in light of this um call of Zacchaeus? Because I mean it, you're right. I mean it's a, it's a shocking story, really, in many respects, isn't it? Yeah. Like here's this, here's this little um tax collector up in a, tr a tree and actually you kind of go well what's a, what is a rich tax collector doing up a tree i don't know many rich tax collectors that climb trees yeah. such is the desperation that he wants to see jesus um but he um G like like you say isaac he picks him out and goes Zacchaeus, come 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 down i want to come i want to come to your house for tea <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's, it's that that salvation of following that is is also like the shocking thing. What, Jesus is really going to call a tax collector to follow him. Yeah. So what does, it, what does it look like to follow? What did it look like? I suppose the question, sorry, I'm getting a little bit like pointed questions now, but it's like, what, if Jesus, if Jesus is saying to Zacchaeus, come follow me, what did, what did Zacchaeus do that would give the indication of being able to follow or that he was willing to follow Jesus? 
as in in this passage yeah i guess because this is one of the one of the things that it, i guess in terms of that encounter that he's talking about is this the calling of zacchaeus the the declaration of salvation has come to this house really powerful statements yeah but then that you know grapple, grappling with that call to follow does it do we get any indication in this do you think of of what might be involved yeah like you see his heart has changed mm. I, I don't know how this was written if it was written over a long period or they just crammed the story but jesus going and eating at his house he says that he wants to give half of his possessions yeah. back to the poor yeah. Yeah. you know there's a change of heart there yeah. like like you say he was a rich man who's up the, the tree what's he doing up there but from just wanting to see Jesus to then having Jesus come into his life, come into his house, um, the change that's happened um, for him and to him. Um, and for the people around as well, he said, anyone that he's cheated as well, yeah, yeah. he's wanting to give it back. So he's not just like a do-gooder, really. It's, yeah. There's been a real sense of encounter with Jesus there, hasn't there? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really interesting because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a token gesture, was it? it wasn't like oh yeah jesus i've um, I, I know i've know i've done some bad things in the past but i'll 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 give back like 10 percent of what i've done it's like they have it you know way over and above what yeah. was what he took gives a bit of an indication of like maybe the all-in nature of that response to jesus mm. yeah, interesting so i i think you picked up on a really good point there though, isaac of like the call to follow Jesus, it 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 wasn't half measure. It wasn't a token gesture. It was that that heart response to Jesus and willingness to actually put it into practice. Yeah, it's good. Naomi, any 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 thoughts? Um, I think oh, there's quite a few things buzzing around in my head. I think one of the things um that I see as well is that Jesus didn't have to like in based on what we have. It was, it was the presence of Jesus that changed it. Jesus didn't say anything um, in between, you know, him saying, okay, I'm coming to your house. But in that, I mean, I'm sure they probably spoke when they ate together, but what from what we have, we don't know what that discourse was. was. And so, and I think the writer was probably um, intentional about that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, and so it's like, it's, it's, it just makes me think, it wasn't necessarily anything that Jesus said, although anything that Jesus says is really important, but more of his presence that changed that changed him. And it just made me think back to the woman at the well, where that supernatural encounter was all, Jesus said things. And, and, and in that moment, it was like the words of Jesus, oh, how does Jesus know this? But I think for, for Zacchaeus, it was like, it was his presence that changed Zacchaeus's mindset. And like Isaac said, it wasn't just, um, you know a good gesture or anything it was it was above and beyond the the supernatural or the evidence of the supernatural work in Zacchaeus's life it is that he went above and beyond he he did more than maybe was even asked or required of him because he recognized oh oh this Jesus this Jesus fellow is is, is something different you know mm -hmm. um so that was like yeah just going through my mind just how supernatural a moment how encounters with Jesus really do change people so that their lives kind of do a complete 180. Um, and yeah, it's just, it makes me think of like my own experiences as well of how when Jesus comes in and change, you know, and you know, we have these encounters, he changes us yeah. um, forever, you know? 
Um, I think another thing as well, um, uh, a few a few weeks ago now, a friend of mine was doing a, a talk um, in our youth group and he used this passage as well. And he said something that I'd never realized before, which was that, um, you know, why, why make the point of saying that the tree was a sycamore tree? And anyway, did a bit of research and turns out the leaves of a sycamore tree are quite big. Um, and so although he wanted to see Jesus and couldn't see him, um, he kind of alluded to, well, he went up a tree with really big leaves. I don't know whether it's because the tree was really, uh, you know, accessible for him because he was quite short or what, but he said that the leaves of a sycamore tree are really, really big. And so, okay, maybe he wanted to see Jesus, but maybe he doesn't necessarily want to be seen himself. And yet Jesus goes out of his way to make sure that he does feel seen and comes to his house. And again, like, sometimes it just made me think you know sometimes we we want to see we want to encounter with Jesus without letting him see fully see us we want to see him without us ourselves you know really um opening ourselves up or exposing ourselves and Jesus he's he's that good he's that good in that even if we don't want to be seen he he sees us and that really kind of you know hit deep to me when when um he said that and so I just remembered it as we were reading through um through again so yeah a couple of things that makes me go oh, this is such a good passage that's good yeah. i like that yeah no, i heard that before it's good i might might use that one in the future <laughs> um, it's yours it's yours yeah. um, isaac anything any final sort of observations that you want to share before i kind of try and wrap this up and uh, bring some out of the significance yeah really? um i mean i'd liken myself to, to zacchaeus mm. i'm not sure no way. <laughs> the video can tell you, I'm not tall either. But the thing was, is that I'm from a family, a big family, and I'm like one of six. And um, my encounter with Jesus was a bit like that as well. Like God sees everybody else and I'm here to see him. But then he's pointing out and going, yeah, you, I want mm. you, Isaac. And it's like that finger pointed on me. And um, yeah, that, that, that's how I came to faith as well. So I was brought up in a Christian home. So I'm amongst the crowd, I'm amongst the people who are here to see Jesus and whatever, but actually I need to experience Jesus on my, on myself. And um, yeah, real threat of, of when I was about 11 years old, I sort of came to Christ was felt like a fingerprint saying, or finger pointing, sorry, mm. not pointing in judgmental, but like finger touch sort of saying, you, you're my son kind of thing, mm. um, calling me um, amongst the crowd. So uh, and I love the last thing that Jesus says, where he says that um, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Yeah. And, and that puts us all in perspective, doesn't it? Um, yeah. There isn't one that falls um, outside of that. Yeah, it does. It's great. Well, I thank you so much for just sharing your observations in these passages. It's, um, it's great. So what I'm going to try and do is just bring those thoughts together um, in terms of what I think maybe the significance out of some of what we've been saying could be for us. And um, so I think that from the woman in the well, you know, that Jesus living water is, is the living water that we all need. Um, I, I guess the challenge is where for our own lives is where are we tempted to go draw from another well? Mm. Um, where do we, where do we look for things that only Jesus can provide? And, and, and what do we need to do in order in, in order for our lives to be positioned in such a way to be transformed by Jesus? And I think this story of Zacchaeus, uh, that what, you've, what we've just landed there on with you know, the, the leaves and Jesus seeing Zacchaeus, but Zacchaeus not wanting to be seen by Jesus is it's, that's quite a powerful thought, actually, because 
we want to maybe look and see but actually Jesus does see our hearts he sees all of us as as we see from the woman in the world there was no hiding of her sin before Jesus and her her life um and then so how how do we embrace that because I what as we read through other parts of the gospels we see we see the Pharisees that were in the presence of Jesus but weren't changed by Jesus mm-hmm. And, you know, we see other people that were in and around Jesus, but we didn't have the same, uh, it didn't seem to have the same impact upon their lives. I'm going, why, why is that? And, and I wonder whether the significance for us out of both of the things that you've, ter- you've touched on is the willingness of the people to embrace the presence of Jesus that led to the transforming power of Jesus. Yeah. So the woman at the well, you know, she could have, she could have just had that conversation and thought nothing of it but because jesus is engaged with jesus and jesus engaged with her which would have been a quite shocking thing actually um she embraced jesus and it and it led to a a, her transformation i think with zacchaeus he could have stayed in the tree potentially (laughs) i'm not sure how how that would have gone down um but you know he could have tried to stay hidden he didn't actually need to climb the tree, but when he did and Jesus saw him and called him out, he got down and, and when Jesus invited himself for dinner, I love that. I might try that sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, he embraces him and he, he, br- he brings him into his home yeah. and embraces his presence. So I think you're, you know, you're right. The presence of Jesus is so important, but I think it's when we embrace it and allow Jesus to see us. And don't run from the things, try to, or try to hide the things that he sees already and already knows, but we bring it before him. Um, I think we can become recipients of grace and truth. And the danger is some of us just think it's all truth and we're afraid of it because of what it does. It's like a, a hammer blow, isn't it? When we we're confronted with the reality of our sin, it's like, man, that's, that's bad. <laughs> um, and then, um, some of us are all, all love and grace and we, we love the embrace of, of Jesus, but we don't want to face the truth of our desperate need of him to see us as we really are. And so I think when we um, when we embrace grace and truth, when we embrace Jesus as that one who sees and one who loves, man, that's a powerful combination for transformation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the journey of discipleship, isn't it? That we've... Yeah come to to learn and and learning is that the more we embrace jesus the more open we are before him the more transforming work he does in us yeah that's right i think my encouragement for for all of us in occ for you guys as you pursue ministry and serving your churches and help other people to follow jesus and is that we we would just be a people who uh, live our lives with authenticity and openness before jesus and allow him to do what he needs to do in us um so that we may become more like him and then do the things that jesus has called us to do so naomi isaac i just want to thank you so much for your um contribution today your insight um it's really great just seeing what god's doing in your lives and may you know his blessing in your ministry and uh in ministries and 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 life in him thanks so much OCC it's been a joy Um, thanks very much for listening 
Well, just some great insights and uh, things to take away from that conversation with Ian and those he's been discipling over this past year or so. So thank you so much for that. Uh, I hope that encouraged you. Uh, just some things to bring to your attention before we finish this morning. Uh, don't forget tomorrow evening, first Monday of the month, we have a Zoom prayer. So you can gather online on Zoom uh, and just we're going to pray for each other, pray for those things that are most pressing to us. And so uh, you can email the email address that's coming up on the screen right now uh, to get the Zoom details for <clears throat> 7.30 tomorrow uh, for around 45 minutes. So if you can join us, that'd be fantastic. Uh, don't forget next week, the 10th of April, we are back at the URC, 10.30. Uh, please join us, whether you've been with us or not. Um, a chance for us to gather, worship together, gather around God's word and just spur one another on and encounter God. And so please, you can join us uh, next week on Sunday at 10.30. Also, on the week after that is Easter Sunday. As the sun is out, uh, I'm just reminded of, uh, of, of life and light. And, and the, the Easter Sunday is just the, the linchpin. It's the centre point of our faith where we're reminded that Jesus is not dead in the tomb. He rose again and he rules and reigns. And we get to, to join with him in bringing his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven uh, because he's conquered death and he, he rose again. Uh, and so we're going to celebrate Easter Sunday. We're going to do it a little bit differently this year. Um, we're going to uh, put on an Easter feast so we're going to bring that celebration to anybody who wants to join us from 12.30 until 2 o'clock on Easter Sunday. We're going to do food absolutely free. There's going to be an egg hunt for the kids around the URC church. So if you want to, please come down, join us. Let's eat together. Let's have family time and feast together. We're inviting people from different areas in our town, vulnerable adults. Uh, we're inviting uh, those that have been uh, the school children and their families, those that may not be able to have food uh, that Sunday, those that are on their own. So we're just going to invite anybody and everybody to come and join us. If you're able to help serve, we need as many people as we can. So whether you can help during the hour and a half, two hours on the Sunday, just to host, just to have conversation, just to sit and eat with people, that'd be fantastic. Maybe you can't, maybe you can come and you can help for just half an hour beforehand and just help us get everything set up as quickly as we can. Or you can come afterwards and help uh, tidy things away. Or maybe you can help cook on the Saturday and drop that food off at somebody's house. If you can help in any way over that Saturday and Sunday, please email us at the address that's coming up on the screen. Uh, and let's let's be a church family that seek to bless our town, shall we, this Easter. Let's not just talk about the resurrected Lord Jesus. Let's bring him into people's lives with a life that is more abundant than they could possibly imagine. Real exciting opportunity as we seek to step into mission uh, in this Easter Sunday on the 17th. But as for today, we're going to finish uh, now. And my prayer is that you would just know, uh, as I prayed at the start, you would just know that Jesus longs for you. Jesus wants you. Jesus loves you. He wants to have an encounter with you. And he wants you to know that you are welcome. You're, you're, it's, uh, I was reminded in, in, in John, it talks about in my father's house are many rooms, doesn't it? I don't think that's an affluent mansion. I think it's the space in God's heart that he's got for us. And he's got his sp this space in his heart for you. And I just want to encourage you. I just feel impressed upon me just to encourage you that you are wanted. You are loved. You are the beloved of God. And it's been shown by Jesus in how he lived for you, died for you, rose again for you, and now intercedes for you uh, uh, and on the right hand of the Father. And so be encouraged today. And let's live in light of the love of God and share that with those people around us. So uh, know that you're blessed to be a blessing. And we will see you all next week at the URC. God bless. Thank you.